Good morning, friends. How are you today? Good. Set this here. Thank you. Good morning. My name is Karen Grant. And if we have not met, or if this is your first Sunday here, I am the kids director here at South Bend City Church. And we have a morning full of kids. And um, students, let's give it up for the students that were in the band this morning. Yeah. It's a real honor and a privilege to be here with you and to welcome you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing South Bend City Church this morning. This is a fifth Sunday of the month, which means we have family worships. So we invite our kids, kindergarten and grades up, to be in here with their grown-ups. And that way they get to experience worship here, South Bend City Church style. They get to participate in communion and all these beautiful things. So as you look around, you'll see some kids I hope that you'll take a moment and say hi to one and get to know their, their families. Also today is family dedication, which is super special. So we have six families here, and they're going to be coming up a little bit later in our gathering, and we're going to celebrate their commitment to their children in knowing God and his son Jesus, and you all get to be a part of that special moment. But I wanted to share with you a couple resources that we're sending home with these families today. Um, first of all, each of these families is getting a book called Woven, Nurturing a Faith Your Kid Doesn't Have to Heal From. This, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a great tool, a great help. It's written by Meredith Miller. She was here in August, and she did some teaching. She also did a parent workshop and had, has some beautiful um, ideas for how to help our kids get to trust God and know God without too much of all that other stuff. Um, and then depending on how old our families are, because our families participating today are all um, ages, shapes, sizes, and so we have a baby Bible book. It's full of stories that are appropriate for babies' ears and minds and hearts and um, all the good things. We have a book called What is God Like? It's by Matthew Paul Turner and Rachel Held Evans. It's a beautiful story of um, all the different things that tells us what God is like and that we can see in our children. And then our older kids, we have either the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer. And if you were here last year, we did a whole series on the Apostles' Creed, so I hope this is a great tool for you to talk with your older children about that. So thank you for being here. I look forward to sharing this hour with you. And I'm going to turn it over to Jason Miller. Thank you, Karen. Very grateful for you, Karen, and all your leadership in that. Yeah. As Karen was sharing those resources, I was thinking to myself, uh, I'm very, very grateful um, for all of you who are able to give financially, because even things like that are made possible by your financial support. Um, it not only keeps the heat on and the lights on, thank God, but it also helps us show up uh, for families, for example, with resources like that. So thank you. Uh, if you'd like to give this week, uh, you can go online to southandcitychurch.com slash give. You can set up a, a one-time gift, or you could set up a regular recurring gift there, and all of that makes all of this possible. Um, you can also give in the drop boxes by the door. Uh, another thing that's been made possible by really phenomenal financial generosity from 
all sorts of people in this community giving what they can from their means is the Tribune Project. And so uh, most of you are aware, I know, but we have some family members in, in the room today that may not know about this. Uh, we are in the process of renovating our future home at the printing press building of the South Bend Tribune, just uh, several blocks that way north on Lafayette. And uh, we're very grateful for how that's going. Sometime in the spring, winter, we're moving, we're moving in sometime in the year 2024, I believe. Uh, when the renovation is complete. Uh, but I want you to know about something that's happening right around the corner that's very important here. Uh, if you've been there for a work day, for example, you might know that in the courtyard area, which was the loading dock, there's three garage bay doors, and the middle garage bay door has a big ramp right now, and that's where we usually enter on a work day. And if you've entered uh, by walking up that ramp and through that garage bay door, you've crossed over the threshold into the building that right now is like, there's like a part of the concrete that's carved out, and there's dirt there. That's where some of the loading mechanisms were. They took those out. There's dirt there now. And before long, in fact, like in the next week or two, that's going to get filled in with concrete. But before they fill it in with concrete, we're going to take prayers that we have written on cards and we're going to bury them there in the threshold so that for the future of that building, anybody who enters it will be stepping across not just a doorway, but the prayers and hopes of this community that are going with us, right? A note about that, this is an actual uh, toolbox from Studebaker uh, from the factory here. Yeah, and we're going to put the cards in this toolbox to bury them. So we're going to take a little bit of Studebaker with us, right? A little bit of our history and our story, and that'll be buried there in the building as well. But the reason I want you to know about it today is today is your last chance if you would like to write a prayer. So out there by the door on your way out, there's a high top table and the image of the Tribune. You'll see some index cards that say South and City Church. You can write a prayer there, uh, and then you can drop it in the newspaper. I never know what to call it. Is it a dispenser? I don't know. The, the blue thing that used to have newspaper in it. You can drop the card in there, and then we'll make sure they all end up in this. Your prayers may be um, a hope for um, uh, like what we become as a church in that space. How do we keep growing up into our calling as followers of Jesus for the benefit of the city and the world? You may be um, praying and hoping for the common good work that's going to happen there as we continue to uh, navigate conversations with community partners. We're very committed to that building being good for the city of South Bend all week long. And I think we're going to have some really fun stuff to tell you about very soon as we try to uh, sort of make those plans more final. Even developments beyond the building, not just what happens in our building, but what happens in the neighborhood. There's a lot of um, energy downtown right now. And we're going to tell you more about all of that. All of that could be substance for your prayers and hopes. So take a minute to write it on a card if you haven't yet and leave it there. And then very soon we will um, lay those in the heart of the building there uh, for all the future time. Sound good? Cool. Um, one other announcement note, which is our new to SBCC table. So if you're new at South and City Church, and new is like however you want to define it. Uh, this might be your first Sunday or you might have been here for two years, but if you haven't had a chance to connect a little more deeply and you'd like to get to know our team, maybe a bit of our church's story, maybe you'd like to have a chance to ask some questions, or maybe you want to give us a chance to get to know you. Our, our favorite part of those tables from my perspective is getting to know you and hearing your story, what, what brought you here and what questions you may have. That's happening next Sunday after this 11 a.m. gathering. It'll be right up there in the mezzanine. Uh, there's a lift in the lobby if the stairs are a challenge for you. Uh, we, do, we do ask you to, to let us know ahead of time that you're coming, though, because lunch is provided. So just go to southandcitychurch.com, go to the What's Happening section on the front page of the website, and use uh, the button there to let us know you're coming. Kids are very welcome, but we don't have separate childcare, so as long as you're okay with them kind of hanging out up there too with us uh, on the couches or being a part of the table, we'd love to welcome kids as well. That's happening next week. Uh, we'd love to have you there. 
Uh, that being said, um, before we turn uh, to family dedication today, I just want to take a moment uh, to ground ourselves in, in some of the depth and meaning of this, right? Uh, let's put a stake in the ground for a moment. Uh, this past week, I did a thing I do sometimes on Instagram, which is uh, to respond to questions that people want to hear a pastoral perspective on. And so I just hop in my stories sometimes and respond to those questions. And one of the questions that I got this week uh, really moved me, um, both in like the heaviness of it and in the truth of it. Somebody asked, how do I parent with joy when the world around us feels like it's burning to the ground? Like, I feel the tension in that. On the one hand, of course parenting is joyful. I mean, what could be more beautiful than these little ones that you get to care for and raise up? What a sacred privilege. And yet, uh, I hear often from parents right now, I, mean, I know we're all feeling it, but I think parents feel it in a unique way that um, your heart's broken over what's happening in the world. Maybe it's uh, what's happening right now in Gaza and the Palestinians and the way that they're suffering there. Or maybe it's what's happening in your neighborhood. Or maybe it's what's happening in American politics. I don't know, you name it, but I think there's a lot of conflict there for us. Uh, and before I tell you how I respond to that question, I want to turn to Scripture and just observe a couple of moments where Jesus has some things to say about kids before I come back uh, to that question from Instagram from just a few nights ago. So let's go to um, Matthew's gospel for a moment here. Uh, there's a couple of places in Matthew 18 and 19 where Jesus has some very particular things to say about kids, and they're really quite striking. In Matthew 18, uh, Jesus' followers are with him, and they, they seem to have this growing sense that Jesus has, has a real kingdom that he's bringing, that there's a future that Jesus is pointing toward and leading into, where uh, this new reality will take place in the world and he'll be the king of it. And in a kind of perhaps childish, not childlike, but like childish way, uh, the disciples are kind of jockeying for their own positions in that future kingdom. It's quite on their mind that they want to know what their own significance will be in that future kingdom, right? So anyway, we uh, have this exchange in Matthew 18. Uh, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Like, how do I jockey for that position here, right? And Jesus responds uh, by bringing a little child to them. He called the little child to him and placed the child among them. And can you already feel the disruption happening here? <laughs> These are very serious adults trying to have a question that seems to really be about, like, ego, right, and positioning oneself and power. And then he brings this child into their midst. And you can feel the energy shift just by doing that, right? And then he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, You'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. He goes on and says, Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Now, scholars debate what exactly it is about a child that Jesus is affirming here. He mentions the lowly position. This is in a time and place where kids really don't have any social status. Um, this isn't like the modern world where like, it seems often the kids run the household. That's definitely not the case back then, right? It's a very different structuring of things. Uh, so maybe he's referring to that kind of like lack of status that they um, are given in the world. I wonder too if he's referring to like their lack of ego or their open-heartedness, or their curiosity, or perhaps the fact that they haven't spent years and years and years building their own ego projects that then have to be dismantled. Maybe there's something about the availability of a child's heart or the vulnerability of their disposition that makes them like a better fit for God's kingdom in the world. Whatever's going on, Jesus seems to think that something peculiar about kids like uh, rhymes with, resonates with, is true to the kingdom that he's trying to bring into the world, right? 
Maybe this explains what happens uh, just another chapter later. So we fast forward just to Matthew 19, where this happens. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. Now, before you give the disciples a hard time, before you judge them too harshly, you should know they're probably doing the right thing according to the cultural scripts that they had inherited, uh, for at least a couple of reasons. One I already mentioned, which is that just generally kids don't have status in the ancient world. They're, they're not welcome in adult spaces or around adult conversations. And so generally speaking, it seems fitting, according to the cultural script, that these disciples would try to like prevent Jesus from being interrupted by this intrusion of kids. But beyond that, more than that, it's also the case that religious spaces quite explicitly don't have room for kids. Like, like a religious leader's business is considered to be the kind of thing that's so important and serious and adult like that kids have no part in it. So the disciples are probably doing the right thing according to the script they've inherited, but they're doing the wrong thing according to the Jesus that they've been spending time with. And by now you would hope that maybe they started to figure it out. This is Jesus' response. He said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. Again, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Now, I'm going to come back to that question I got on Instagram in a second here. Uh, one sort of historical critical note on Matthew. Um, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one of the reasons they're written is for specific communities of the followers of Jesus. Meaning like Matthew himself seems to have been um, the, the founder of one of these communities of Jesus' followers, having brought his own experience of Jesus with them. So when you're reading Matthew's gospel, you're reading a gospel that was shaped specifically to address the questions that the, the Matthew community of Jesus' followers is wrestling with. And one of the observations for a number of scholars is that it would have been distinctive in the ancient world that the Jesus people, that the early church, seems to have been like the only religious community with religious practice that welcomed kids into the practice. This is actually a distinctive in the kind of world of Greco-Roman religion and all the other religious communities and rituals and rites of passage that shape religious spaces. It was unique to the Jesus community that perhaps Matthew was leading and speaking to by writing this gospel, that the kids are welcome in those spaces where they practice their worship of God and they hear the word from God. So like, don't lose that, by the way. That's like apparently one of the original geniuses of this movement back 2,000 years ago. But again, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven has something to do with these kids, something about their spirit, something about who they are is, is representative of the life of God in the world, which is what he means when he says the kingdom of heaven. The life of God is at work and you are facing it, you're in touch with it when you're around these kids. And that brings me back to that question from that parent who asked, like, how do I, on the one hand, like, sit here with my kids with this joy, and on the other hand, recognize that it feels like the world is burning to the ground? And I found myself saying uh, in so many words, like, I think you know, right, as a parent, that in, in spite of the fact that you are certainly here to make your kids safe, thank God, right, how beautiful, but also, you know that you're here for more than that, right? Because like ultimately, you're here to call out the bravery in these little ones. You're here to call out the life in these little ones, the unique way that the image of God is going to be expressed in each one of these human beings who, for a moment, you get to steward, shepherd, and protect. And so, yeah, I, like I get that it feels like the world is burning to the ground in a number of ways. But I think part of the joy of raising kids is that you're raising firefighters, <laughs> right? Peacemakers. 
channels of the life of God in the world. It's not just you and them. It's the life of God. And Jesus is quite convinced that these kids, because they're little, because they're young, they're not like farther away from the life of God. Somehow it's right there in them and with them. And then all of us, parents and aunts and uncles and grandparents and honorary uncles and aunts and friends and everybody in this church, like we get to all be in the effort together to just call that to the surface, to see it and celebrate it. And that's a little bit of what we're going to do today. Uh, to sit with these families and to recognize their commitment and to say that we're going to stand with them. Uh, one other way of capturing all of this um, comes from a poem that I stumbled into just uh, a day or two ago. Uh, it comes from a Lebanese writer named Khalil Gibran. And you might know his book called The Prophet. Uh, it's a very famous book that's been around for uh, decades now. And in this book, The Prophet, um, Gibran sort of raises up these dialogues between different seekers who bring questions to this wise person, and he offers these really profound answers. And at one point in the book, a parent comes to this prophet voice and raises a question about raising kids. And I just want to share with you the answer because it, it stirred me as I thought today of these families and the dedication that they'll offer, and it might stir us too as we turn toward that moment. So let me share this with you now. This is the response. Your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you, for life goes not backward nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. The archer sees the mark upon the path of the infinite, and he bends you with his might, that his arrows may go swift and far. Let your bending and the archer's hand be for gladness. For even as he loves the arrow that flies, so he loves also the bow that is stable. So we'll uh, celebrate dedication in a moment, um, hoping that both uh, the kids and the adults sense that love that's with them and for them in the work and our love for them. Uh, before we enter into that time, I'm going to ask the band uh, to come forward, and they're going to lead us in song for a moment. And the way this is basically going to go is uh, we'll sing with the band a little bit, and then our first family will come forward. And after we've uh, named them, we're going to hear an audio recording from the adults talking about a few of the things that they love and celebrate in the kids that are coming with them today. Uh, and then we'll greet them again, and then we'll ask them a couple of questions that they'll respond to. And then when those questions are done, all of us will have a response as a congregation to affirm them. And then we'll sing a little more while they take a seat and the next family comes up. We'll do that through, uh, we have 12 families all together between the first and second gathering today being dedicated. Amazing, right? Yeah, six uh, in this gathering. When that's all done, uh, we'll sing a little more and then we'll have a communal prayer that we offer before we turn to the Eucharist as our next practice today. But Zach and team will lead us first. Tree 
Uh, to begin family dedication, we're going to welcome Carrie and Amir. Amir may not be having it. <laughs> uh, you know, we can also do it right there if you want. Okay. Is that a good idea? Let's do it right over here. Yeah? Yeah. Let's, um, let's hear from Carrie. Hi, my name is Carrie. I'm the grateful mom of Amir, who is six. When I think of Amir in regard to God and motherhood, I know Amir is God's gift to me and a testament of God's love for me. Amir has challenged me to love myself and to pursue better things. Being his mom confirms God's love for me. I promise to show Amir God's love despite my humanity. I thank God for entrusting me with such a beautiful soul. Awesome. Well, we've already heard it uh, in what you shared there, Carrie, but I want to give you a chance now to answer a couple of questions that we're going to put on the screen. I'm going to start here. Carrie, will you raise Amir to know the love of God? Uh, Of course I will, yes. Yeah, right on. And throughout his life, will you help him know and understand the good news of Jesus? Yes. Yeah, you will. And church, we respond. We celebrate with you the gift of this child, and we will walk with you as you raise him helping him to grow into his future with God. Amen. Yeah, thank you, Carrie. Amen. Good job. Yes, he loves us. We'd like to welcome up Emily and Carolyn and Damon and Dom and Brent and Brendan. <laughs> I know that list keeps going. Yes. Yeah, yeah, come on. The crew. We are the Asmuses. Our oldest daughter, Damon, has been an absolute blessing from God. She is kind and compassionate, and her love for all living things is a representation of her soul. Dominicus, our oldest son, is quick-witted and caring, and he is a born protector. He is a leader, and with his beautiful heart, we know he's going to do amazing things. Brent is our goofy voice of reason. Brent is a gleaming example of the authentic childlike love of God that we all should have, and we adore him for this. And then our littlest blessing, Brendan. He was our latest surprise and exactly what God intended. We are the Asmuses, and we are so blessed to have one another, and our children are what make us great. We are thrilled to have you here, part of our community. Thank you for bringing your family. Emily and Carolyn have some questions for you. Will you raise Damon, Dom, Brent, and Brendan to know the love of God? Throughout their lives, will you help them to know and understand the good news of Jesus? In church, would you please respond with us? We We celebrate celebrate with you the gift gift of these children, 
and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them to grow into their future with God. Well done, guys. Thank you. Church, we welcome Daniel, Shannon, and Micah. We are Daniel and Shannon Banura, and we are dedicating our son, Micah. Micah is a gift to us in the way that he manifests and reflects God's relentless, unconditional love for the world. The love that we feel for Micah gives us a clearer and more tangible picture of who God is. We named him Micah as an expression of our deepest desires and prayers, especially these days, as they are found in the prophetic calling of Micah 6.8, to pursue justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Amen. Um, man, you too. I, I have you in mind a, a unique way when I talk about um, when it feels like the world is burning to the ground. If you, if you all don't know, uh, Daniel's from Palestine and um, has been... I feel using every ounce of energy you have right now to tell some truths and help us learn more. Um, and I've also heard you speak of what a sustaining grace Mike has been in your life in uh, a really painful season. And so it's um, beautiful and, um, and significant, you know, uh, to hear your dedication today. And so uh, I'll ask you these questions. I'll start here. Daniel and Shannon, will you raise Michael to know the love of God? Yes. Yes. And throughout his life, Will you help him to know and understand the good news of Jesus? We will. Awesome. In church, we respond. We celebrate with you the gift of this child, and we will walk with you as you raise him, helping him to grow in his future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you. Please welcome Ignacio, Carolina, Mary, and Ignacio Jr. Thank you, Father, for allowing us to be parents. Thank you for sending us these wonderful children, Mary and Ignacio, who have been a beautiful gift for our lives. Always bless them with life and health. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Ignacio and Carolina, I have two questions for you. Will you raise Mary and Ignacio to know the love of God? Throughout their lives, will you help them know and understand the good news of Jesus? In church, would you please respond with us? We celebrate with you the gift of these children and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them to grow into their future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you.
We'd like to welcome up now Vicki and Bill and Jackson. I am Bill. I'm Vicki or Mimi. And I am Jackson. And, and we, we are, are the Moss family. We have always been a small family. For most of my life, it was just me and my mom. When Jackson was born, he completed our family, creating our perfect tripod where we all hold each other up. Before Jackson was born, my life didn't seem to have a purpose. I was making a lot of destructive choices because I didn't feel like I had a future worth living. That was until God blessed me with Jackson. The first time I held him, I promised I would do everything in my power to be the father he deserved. I found my purpose right then and there. God gave me that purpose. Every day since, I have done everything I can to be a better man, son, and father the way that God intended me to be. Jackson, thank you for being here today. Thank you for bringing your dad and your grandma to church. I know they come with you, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a few questions for them. Yeah. Vicki and Bill, will you raise Jackson to know the love of God? And throughout his life, will you help him know and understand the good news of Jesus? And church, would you respond with us, please? We celebrate with you the gift of this child, and we will walk with you as you raise him, helping him to grow into his future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. We're going to begin our dedication by welcoming Timothy and Mariah and Henry and Clara. And you're going to hear from them as they make their way to the stage. We're the Berkeys. I'm Timothy. I'm Mariah. And I'm Henry. And this is Clara. <laughs> yep. Henry, do you know why you're so special? Why? Well, one of the things that I like best about you is how thoughtful you are. I can always tell you're thinking about things, you're very clever, and you're very kind to other people. You're a thoughtful person. Okay. Something I like about you is how funny you are and how creative you are with your ideas. Thanks. And Clara, do you know what makes you so special? Something that I like about you, Clara, is how happy you are. And you always have a smile on your face, no matter what is going on around you. One of the things that I think is so special about you, Clara, is how sweet and easygoing you are. You don't seem to know a stranger, and you're willing to go with wherever life takes you. Oh, so beautiful. It's made better by the baby noises, am I right? 
Amazing. Uh, Timothy Mariah, what an honor to share this moment with you and just to give witness to your commitment uh, to the family that you want to be. And so we're going to ask you a couple of questions. I'll start here with the question on the slides. Timothy and Mariah, will you raise Henry and Clara to know the love of God? Nice. And next, throughout their lives, will you help them to know and understand the good news of Jesus? Awesome. And the church will respond. We celebrate with you the gift of these children, and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them to grow into their future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you. Yeah. since 2017 and we've been a part of South Bend City Church since 2018 when we moved to South Bend and we have two kids so this is our oldest child who will introduce himself Mom, my name I like red and I like watching the book I'm three years old what's your name I'm Titus Dave Winkle. Okay, great. Thank you, Titus. So in case you missed that, he was saying he likes red. He likes watching Spider-Man. Um, he's three years old and his name is Titus J. Branco. We also have a one-year-old little girl named Maple B. Maple B. Branco. <laughs> Here she is. And our kids are great. And we're happy uh, to be part of this family dedication Sunday. So Titus is very curious and deliberate and thoughtful and he's a real problem solver and we love him. And then Maple, she's a real go-getter. We call her our joyful lunger because she really goes after what she wants and she has a great time doing it. So we're very happy to be part of this church and we would love to meet any of y'all. So come say hi. Thank you. Justin and Rachel, we have a few questions for you. Rachel and Justin, will you raise Titus and Maple to know the love of God? Throughout their lives, will you help them know and understand the good news of Jesus? In okay. church, would you please respond? We celebrate with you the gift of these children, and we will walk with you as you raise them. Helping them to grow into their future with God. Amen. Thank you. We're so excited for you.
now, church, we welcome Marcos, Megan, Julia, and Lucia. I'm Megan Cordoba. I'm here with my husband, Marcos, and our children, Julian and Lucia. Julian is a curious and kind eight-year-old. He's interested in lots of things. At the moment, it's mostly Legos, video games, and reading chapter books. His joy is infectious, and he is loved by more people than he can count. Julian came into this world at the perfect time. Becoming his stepmom changed my heart and taught me and his dad how to truly love. Our hope and prayer for Julian is that he always knows God's love and protection over him, no matter where he is or who he becomes. Our daughter Lucia is two years old. She's usually singing, dancing, or wanting to do whatever her big brother is doing. She is strong in her convictions like her mom, silly and fun-loving like her brother, and still very much her own person. We chose her name Lucia because it means light. We want her to always know that she has the light of Jesus' love within her. She can use that light for herself and share it with others. So beautiful. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's an honor to give a witness today to your family and the love that you have for each other and the care that you have for these kids. I will ask you some questions now. I'll start here. Marcos and Megan, will you raise Julian and Lucia to know the love of God? Yeah. And then throughout their lives, will you help them know and understand the good news of Jesus? Awesome. Church, we respond. We celebrate with you the gift of these children, and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them to grow into their future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you. We welcome Justin and Taryn, Brandon and Taryn, Brandon and Taryn and Lewis and Elaine. We're excited we you're up here with us this morning. Our son Lewis is four. He is special to us because he is so kind and caring. Lewis is so smart and loves all things music. His love for his family and his curiosity is so special. Our daughter Elaine is two. She is special to us because she keeps us on our toes. She is all things wild and carefree, but also determined. Lane loves being with family and singing along with her brother. We are so thrilled to be their parents. We love who they are and who they are becoming. Brandon and Taryn, we're excited that you're here with us this morning. We have a few questions for you. Will you raise Lewis and Elaine to know the love of God? Throughout their lives, will you help them to know and understand the good news of Jesus? We will. And church, would you please respond with us? We celebrate with you the gift of these children, and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them to grow into their future with God. Good dancing. Amen. Thank you all. Good job, guys. Thank you.
Nice. Church, we get to welcome Jordan, An, Eliana, and Lily. Hello. We are the Oyer family. My name is Jordan, and my wife's name is An, and our daughters are Eliana and Lily. Ellie is a gift from God because she fascinates us with her intelligence and curiosity and her passion for experiencing life. We chose the name Eliana because we loved it, and later we found out that in Hebrew, it means my God has answered. She is a reminder that God's plans are greater than our own. Lily is a gift from God because she shows everyone she meets kindness, and she teaches us how to live a life without fear. She is also a reminder that God will never give you more than you can handle, like when you find out you're pregnant six months after bringing home your first child. <laughs> Both of our girls give us a glimpse of Christ's unconditional love for us and help us show that kind of love to the rest of the world. That's awesome. I see, I see Lily's uh, carrying a sign that says, God can help me be brave. That sounds just right for you, doesn't it? Awesome. Uh, well, Jordan, I want to ask you a couple of questions. First, this uh, will you raise Eliana and Lily to know the love of God? Yeah. Awesome. And then this. Throughout their lives, will you help them to know and understand the good news of Jesus? Yeah. Awesome. Church, we respond. We celebrate with you the gift of these children, and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them to grow into their future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you. Good job, Eliana. We'd like to welcome Alex and Katie and Juniper and Isla and Mabel. My name is Katie. And I'm Alex. We have three beautiful girls. Juniper, the oldest, is four and a half. She's curious, creative, caring. Isla is two and a half, and she is joyful, loving, and independent. Mabel is seven months, and she is determined, sunny, and snuggly. Seeing them grow together is a beautiful experience, and they always make us laugh. Uh, we thank God for the joys that he has brought to our family through our children. We're really honored to have you up here, you and your whole family. We have a few questions for you. Alex and Katie, will you raise Juniper, Isla, and Mabel to know the love of God? And throughout their lives, will you help them know and understand the good news of Jesus? In church, would you also respond with us. We celebrate with you the gift of these children, and we will walk with you as you raise them, helping them grow in their future with God. Amen. Good job, guys. Thank you.
Uh, now we want to offer a kind of full-on prayer together as a community for these families. So if most of you would stay in your seats, uh, but the families who've just participated in dedication, if you would stand, and if you want to turn and kind of face the people in your section so that they can look you in the eye as they offer this prayer, uh, church, we're going to let Karen lead us, and then when you see the words in bold italics, we're going to speak those words of prayer out loud together here as a final act of blessing for these families. Loving God, for these children, we pray that as the years go by, they will know that they're loved and wanted and treasured, just as you made them. May they feel secure in their place in the world, and as their mind and body grow, whisper in their heart your great love. For these children, we pray that you will be with them as they embark on the adventure of this journey we call life. Grant them times of holy mischief and sacred shenanigans and permit them to rest. When they stumble, may they know your healing touch. For these grown-ups, may we pray that you surround them with care and comfort, community and courage reminding them that raising children is a sacred offering of body and soul. May they feel your nurture, power, and mystery as they strive to be a family that loves you and loves their neighbor. For these families, we pray and ask that you would go before them so that goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life. Amen. Uh, what a good and beautiful morning. Thanks again to the families who participated and entrusted yourselves to this community today. Uh, with that, a benediction. May you know the love of God. It's not just for the kids, it's for you too. May you know the good news of Jesus, who brings a kingdom best made known perhaps through the curiosity and vulnerability of a child. May we take inspiration from the little ones in our midst and all that they show us about God. And may we walk together as a church family with these families, strengthening them and supporting them. And may more of you volunteer for kids' ministry. <laughs> and may grace and peace be with you. Amen. Love you all. See you soon.